0: Welcome to the Straight Out of Home Video podcast, part of the Geeky Waffle Network. Today we're talking about Chip and Dale, Rescue Rangers, the 2022 Disney Plus film. I'm Candace, and with me are my waffles, Arzu. Hey, Arzu. Hello. And Hope. I cannot believe this movie exists. I can't believe the jokes they tell. I can't believe the references they make, because this is wholly insane.
1: I am... Surprise. I'm not fully because it's Disney money and they definitely slung a lot of it around. And I was reading how they got some of the properties. I am very pleased with how many properties from competitors are in here, like yeah. the DreamWorks movies and like Mattel and stuff like that. And I was reading about how they got Ugly Sonic, which is fascinating and underhanded. <laughs> <laughs> but i'll take it because <laughs> that's one of my favorite parts that's ugly sonic's the reason why i watched this movie i wasn't planning on seeing it it was all because i saw ugly sonic trending that day <laughs> oh my Were you god you guys uh, fans of chippendale
2: yeah rangers yeah i we didn't have cable when i was growing up so it was just whatever i caught at my grandparents and we had one tape with three episodes on it so oh my I god you're lot, the police but... lady in the movie <laughs> i am the police lady we just did... i don't know all the episodes by heart i've seen like some of them and i've enjoyed what i
1: saw but i will more be more than the others but i'll be honest i was not a disney afternoon kid um oh i was a i was a fox kids wb kid and so I I saw Rescue Rangers like here and there. I watched it occasionally, so I, I really mean it. Like the reason I like this movie was just something I wasn't. I didn't care about until I saw Ugly Sonic trending, and I was like, "What is happening?" And that's what actually made me watch it because I am a huge fan of Sonic the Hedgehog. I love the two live action movies, and I saw this. I was like, "What are they doing?" And it's definitely a lot, and I do have thoughts.
0: Right, one second. I am hearing thunder if I do get disconnected, finish without me because I need this episode, okay? Okay, just giving you guys an FYI in case like- You went back into our subconscious memory. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Oh, we couldn't sustain it. Okay, so the premise is who framed Roger Rabbit, right? Yes. Is that a-
1: It's got the same vibe. Even with a Roger Rabbit joke right in the opening.
0: Yeah, it's like tunes are real and they live in the real world. Pretty much and like chip and dale were actors in rescue rangers and they're, they're has-beens now
1: yeah i watched this like right on the heels of watching patches london adventure <laughs> and <laughs> it did i did catch like some similarities between the two of them if there's an actor who's trying to relive this old time to get a show back and i was like these actually work really well together yeah. <laughs> double yeah. feature there's actually
0: a lot of those kind of things, a, a lot of those plots. Like, I DuckTales has the actor who plays Darkwing Duck, like, upset they're making a reboot without him.
1: Yeah, and- this is not a new story. I think what definitely elevates it a lot is all the references and, like, seeing, like, who's going to pop up next and how they handle the world. I think the world building is actually quite brilliant. How
0: okay. is trying to he's at like d23 i believe
2: no he's at like some what's a kind of coffee coffee. Coffee. because all the oh, competitor yeah. characters are there true, too so true, it's, true, like true. A, it's just like a city convention
0: yeah what i was gonna say oh yeah because like skeletor is there yeah you man i so. <laughs> i'm just
1: laughing at all the movies <laughs> no yeah it's it, i really it's it's such a i can we talk about the actual like world for a minute yeah. because i think for one i'm glad that they had so many different properties and like DreamWorks characters and stuff like that in it as well. Because I think that's very much what sets it apart from something like Wreck-It Ralph in my brain. The second Wreck-It Ralph movie felt very much like a Disney Plus promo because they only had Disney properties or Star Wars or Marvel. But because this had such a wide variety of not just animation, not just CGI, but puppetry and claymation, like it really felt like, a celebration of animation as a norm. Like, even, like, things going back to, like, the Steamboat Willie era, there's, like, nods to Fleischer Studios. You have more recent stuff, like, the Cal Arts trend that's really taken over the 2010s, with, like, off, like, Dipper Pines comes walking out, and I lost it seeing bootleg Dipper. So it really felt like this amazing like marriage of all eras of animation like and even something like the uncanny valley joke yeah it's a joke but it really was an important time period of animation and like Mm -hmm. really did we wouldn't have a cgi dale if we didn't have uncanny valley time in the 2000s so it, it really did feel like a huge celebration of not just disney but like fleischer and like all these other studios that each in their own way contributed to animation and last but not least there needs to be a horror movie about a claymation killer (laughs) like the police yeah that's horrifying like trying to kill a claymation doll like give Mm -hmm. it like a chucky movie and like the claymation toy is trying to kill you they did that with gravity falls actually i think about it there's a claymation episode of gravity falls put it in the oven yeah
2: you have to get like the like the clay that gets hard when you bake it Yeah, that would be the, how you kill it. That's how they figure it out in the end. And Mm. just an example of like Disney getting like
0: DreamWorks and everyone involved. There's a scene where Seth Rogen's character is confronted with a bunch of other Seth Mm -hmm. Rogen characters, which includes Pumbaa from The Lion King, who makes fun of his dead eyes and like pot kettle Pumbaa. And then there's also his characters from Monsters vs. Aliens and Kung Fu Panda, which I believe are both DreamWorks. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 I just, what I like about the world, like to go to what Hope was saying about how Wreck It Ralph was very Disney oriented and this isn't, is it's weird because they're animated, but it feels more lived in.
1: And I don't yeah. know if that makes sense yeah. to the two of you, but it feels no, that like. makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah, so of much course, stuff in the
2: background. Yeah, there's so much going on. Like, I just watched it again
0: today and there were so many things I missed. Like, they're just driving
1: down the road and there's like a car's car. Driving behind them. The billboards are great all over. There's one where like Doug Funny and Porkchop from the Nickelodeon show, Doug, have a law firm. Oh my God. And it says something like, we're no funny business. It says something like that. It's so funny. It's like in the background on a billboard.
0: And I think like with those kind of jokes and with all those kind of references, you feel like the people who make the made this like truly love animation and love like cartoons and or just
1: having a blast with it. A lot of the people from Competitors Trivia started at Disney. Oh, what's his name? Katzenberg? Katzenberg, I think is his name yeah, is. Katzenberg, he yeah. he started DreamWorks and he was a Disney animator for years before he finally left and started DreamWorks. He was and- a Disney exec. yeah oh okay yeah and then
0: there's rumors that Shrek is based on Eisner
2: I believe Michael Mm -hmm. Eisner it's a very somewhat spiteful processing for Katzenberg of having to leave the Disney company which is why the first Shrek in particular feels so pointed yeah Disney especially like the whole like land Duloc yeah yeah Duloc yeah Duloc but I know like I got, when I saw the movie, I was very fortunate through work to be able to see it at the public screening with a Q and a with the director. And if I recall correctly, he said that a lot of the animation where possible was done by the people who had animated it originally. Oh, that's cool. They're not like always around to do that, but he was going, if, they specialized in it and they were available to do the animation they did the animation uh,
1: that's so like big mouse money at work <laughs> basically
2: like it was just can you animate like 30 seconds of this for the project and they would and he was saying like in the trailer they didn't have the final stuff from them yet which is why the trailer doesn't look as good as the movie does he's like it's not finished it's not finished but then yeah so I think that's like a level of care we were saying about how much the people who made this movie care about animation, that they sought out the original animators or animated team or somebody who could animate in that way where it was possible.
0: Yeah. And there's always like, you can tell when something is made with love or joy or just something somebody wants to be working on. There's definitely films where you're just like the director and writer are just there for a paycheck. But like this one, you just feel like this is something they wanted to make. And There's so many jokes, so many Easter eggs. I just remember, I'm like, I saw Sora's hair from Kingdom Hearts. I'm like, that's so random. So random. Um, The mom from Phineas and Ferb was on the black market selling like pies or
2: something. Oh
0: my God. Candace is going
2: to tell on them. Candace is, she can't even tell on them now. Not what her mom is doing. Her mom never
1: listens to her anyway, because her mom's a criminal. My God. But even then was very much because of all the Easter eggs and the cameos, it very much is a movie about how to do nostalgia, poking fun at nostalgia. And like when you do have like these movies, take something like Rogue One, like when Jen and Cassian are like walking through the marketplace, they run into the A New Hope guys. From the mm-hmm. cantina scene and stuff like that. And, it, and so it's very much a story about nostalgia and how to do it correctly. And poking fun of it too. The final joke of saying, oh, would we get a pop star to do the theme song? Because that is a theme. And so I think they do balance the... I do think that's the best part of the story, actually. Because I don't think Dell carry their own movie very well. But I think they're the weakest part of the movie because the big... Pull is the commentary about nostalgia and cambios and movies and such.
2: That's interesting because, like for me, like the nostalgia, yes, but I don't. Maybe it's because I have nos- I have nostalgia for Chip and Dale, but to me, the nostalgia doesn't work without them. Yeah, same. If it had been a commentary large on larger like nostalgic animation, sure. But if it's nostalgia through the lens of something like this is for me that I am specifically nostalgic about that's what makes
1: the movie work. I've had more of the problem on my second viewing. I didn't mind it as much the first time through, but my second viewing fell a lot flatter, which was a concern I had when I wrote the review for The Waffles was I wasn't sure how it would hold up on a rewatch. And I found myself more disengaging from the story to look for like more of the Easter eggs. And, and some of it is I'm not the biggest fan of John Mulaney as a voice actor. That's I,
0: that's one. Of, that's what I was just about to say hope was like i think andy sandberg is a good actor and he does okay here john mulaney no he doesn't
1: john mulaney's all very one that's the thing i think he works in like some cases like when he's spider pig or spider ham as spider ham he's playing a very specific cheesy character and knows this Yeah, but when he's Dale, everything he says sounds like it's setting up a punchline that is never actually coming because he's not the comedic one. Dale is the comedic one. And all his lines sound like this with an inflection at the end of it. And I really noticed it the second time around. Like, oh, all your reads are exactly the same. And the thing is, I don't get why they
0: did it because- John Mullaney and Andy Samberg aren't going to change someone's mind to watch this
1: movie because mean? they're friends with the director mm-hmm. oh they are I, okay I th- that's all I it did, is I think Samberg was the stronger of the two I, oh, I definitely I, yeah I, my second time viewing through he really still held up for me a lot I, but I, I it, we could make the argument that what who's it Chris Pratt is about to play voice Mario and there's been, been a big outcry among people in animation to stop hiring big name actors to voice characters and let actual trained voice actors voice characters. Do I think that's what they're doing here? No, I think it's because as you said, they're friends with the director and that's why they're in the movie, but it could, we could spin it as a commentary too about the animation. That's true. Yeah. I will,
2: I will say, I don't mean to be the oppositional one this evening, but for all that I John Mulaney as a person, we're going to put a pin in that. But for his performance, yes, it didn't vary very much. But I found it easier to believe purely because Andy Sandberg, yes, it's the stronger performance, but he sounds so much like Andy Sandberg. Sounds like Jake Peralta the whole that, way Yeah, through. I'm like, that is Chip and Jake Peralta. I'm like, that's not Chip and Dale. And again, his is the stronger performance. I loved the hell out of what he was doing, but I'm like, that's Andy Sandberg. And I can like, there's like a f- light film or filter of Andy Sandberg like overlaid over Dale the whole time. Whereas with Chip, because I'll use John Mulaney gifs, but I don't never really watched his comedy. I have a harder time seeing him because well, I'm less see, familiar yeah, with it. I him.
0: used to be a big John Mulaney fan. I watched all his, all his stand up. His voice is very not. Iconic. I'm just less familiar
2: with it, so I had an easier time believing that it wasn't an actor like it was both of do them you know me. what I mean like I had an easier time a not person. seeing his actual face
0: yeah because I was a big Brooklyn I'm, I am a big Brooklyn 99 fan so both of them it was just hard I heard Andy and John a lot while watching mm-hmm. it but at the same time especially the first time around I didn't notice as much because I was like distracted mm-hmm. by everything going on we didn't even go into the plot
2: of this
1: yet <laughs> <laughs> how would you guys think of Peter Pan <laughs>
0: It those Okay, there's a little controversy. Which I can speak
2: to, but you set up the controversy first.
0: Okay, let's set up the plot first, because okay. this plot... Okay, Chip and Dale... Yeah. Chip is now an insurance adjuster or whatever. Pretty much just gave him, like, the most boring job in the world. And Monty is addicted to cheese, which I can't believe they did such a straight allegory for addiction with him. Which... <laughs> what what is else this? is that? I know, that's true.
1: I but guess... It sets up also, like, the noir police aspect of it. It's like, like oh, and then Monty was missing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and
0: then there's a series of animated characters, including Flounder. <laughs> I thought this was so good.
2: I love the idea of the bootlegs. The bootlegs freaked me out. I love so it these so these characters, to, to get us back on the plot, these yeah. characters are going missing, and they're being taken by an organization that is bootlegging them so changing their really discernible features in order to send them overseas to create bootleg movies and the plot is monty goes missing and he's been taken by these people
0: yes because he has and they a, want to find him he has he owes stuff to his dealer his cheese dealer yes the, who's a puppet <laughs> a muppet probably
1: oh i love it i wanted to see more muppet fights <laughs> but okay so when they kept saying oh it's sweet
2: pete did anyone else think it was like Pete, the bad guy in a lot of the Mickey cartoons? I did for a second and then I thought that's too obvious. So I'm like, maybe it's like somebody, I thought maybe they made it up for the movie.
1: I would have if I didn't know going into it, it was Peter Pan because screenshots oh, had been re- had been released beforehand. But at, when I watched it the first time, because I watched it the second time when I was in Florida visiting my mom. So she thought it was Pete from the Disney cartoons. And
0: so it was true, it's she, goof truth. It was also Disney Afternoon. So, I was so like, oh, they're
1: connected. They already had Blue. So I definitely, I think if I hadn't had seen the screenshots prior, I would have definitely went for Pete as well, which would have been a very obvious villain. So I'm actually glad they didn't go that route. But even then, we still saw Pete, voiced by Jim Cummings, which was great. I love Jim Cummings. So sweet, Pete
0: is voiced by will arnett actually who i didn't know until i looked it up he did i didn't
2: know until after i'm like no yeah that makes sense
0: yeah he is a middle-aged overweight version of peter pan who founded the valley gang after being
2: fired due to his age so yeah the controversy Go i want to hear it because i, I the, don't... so bobby driscoll the voice actor for peter pan in the 1950s Was a child actor prior to playing Peter Pan. He was in their live action Treasure Island. He did a lot of stuff with Disney. When he got older and less like quote unquote cute, he became much harder to market. And he fell down a rabbit hole of, I believe, addiction. Yes, he was. And died extremely young. (gasps) Some controversy came up after this of like the choice for this to be the route they went with Peter Pan in this movie which somebody did point out at the screening i was at to the director who now take this for what it is i don't know if this is a practiced answer i for one am inclined to believe people do not go into these things with Bad intentions. mean-spirited intentions because yeah. that's not how the rest of the movie felt he said he didn't know until after the movie was out
1: i was like after that. the movie was
2: done that he didn't know and that Peter Pan had not been the only person they had in mind going in for the villain. That's just who they landed on because of this idea of the boy who never grew up growing up. Again, I would like to believe the best in people. I would like to believe he genuinely didn't know until it was too late to change it. But that's research? the controversy.
0: It sounds, that, but that sounds so weird when it comes to Disney. Like they have to check off on everything.
2: They have to check off on everything, but it's also Disney admitting that they put this boy in a position to end up like that and that's on them they could
0: always be like no we can't use this character they don't have to explain it to anyone it's in-house
1: or even never like come out in memorial of the person who the or something like yeah i just my brain just i am sure it wasn't malicious and i'm sure it was an accident but also if this is the character you're like basing this on why not do more research first
2: it's i don't know i think the other thing is it's easier with peter pans in the public domain but Disney's Peter Pan isn't but Peter Pan as a concept is in the public domain so it's easier to get those rights you change the color a little bit you change the backstory you can use it yeah I don't know but that's the controversy
1: I don't know my whole thing was if you have this machine that can make you look like anything why didn't Peter just make himself look young again I guess it didn't work that was my thing of like I guess money Because he realized he could make money. Yeah, if you can spin it into a profitable
2: business rather than trying to be 13 again. It'd be harder to hide his voice. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. I didn't mean to to drag it down like that. No, that was fast. I learned a thing. I like learning new things in the medium that I enjoy. To bring this back to like a... Happier places? Yeah. I was wondering, what did you guys think was your... What worked the best for you or your favorite parts of the movie I think it's my sentimental side talking because I'm a very
2: nostalgic sentimental person but anytime they they would talk about the show with each other because I've said this in book reviews and stuff but it is challenging in media to make your audience feel like they were there with you when you're reminiscing about something and they are assuming most of the audience was there to the extent that they were watching the show. So the fact that they made me a person who hasn't really watched Chippendale in about 20 years, at least, have those memories again and be like, oh yeah, those were good times. Like I was there too. It pulls a very specific nostalgic heartstring that I like anytime I see it. So the fact that this movie did that quite a bit, I enjoyed very much.
0: Yeah, that made me, it made me really happy. It reminded me of being like a 90s kid. And like, I remember going to like Magic Kingdom and they would have a Disney afternoon show and Chip and Dale would come out in their like Rescue Rangers clothes and they're like, they play the theme song. And I just like remember pumping and just like dancing and just being so happy. I was at Disney World and just like all those kind of feelings come
1: back. How about you Hope? I think my favorite part was, I, I think for me, like, because... it was my second viewing but like I realized that even though parts of it wasn't quite working for me it really works well for a general audience because most of the references in there went over my mom's head but she still had a really good time watching it so there Mm -hmm. is definitely a strong story with characters to connect to that even that really does it and like my sister watched it and she's not an animation person either like while I was down there she was like yeah we watched Chip and Dale last night <laughs> <laughs> and so it, it does hit a very wide general audience to where there is still something that's something at, that everybody can enjoy on some level like even some like like they and some adult stuff like South Park and Rick and More which I was very surprised by <laughs> But I do think there is it is a universal story. And I did think they found a way to take a very simple, basic story that's been done before and spin it in a way that they that can make it enjoyable to somebody like me who loves animation, to somebody like my mom who's just there to watch it with her daughter and hang out and have a good time and have laughs while doing it. Like it's very it stretches out across like a lot of different people i I follow a lot of animation reviewers and they were all just like yeah this had no right to be that good what the heck (laughs) you really didn't yeah i had
2: very low expectations
1: same
0: because i was expecting something like the smurfs movie like very generic get some celebrities in there and just like be about the brand selling more stuff
1: it helps that it had something to say like it was Mm -hmm. even it was a little hard it had commentary And when something has something to say, even if it's simple and kind of straightforward and stuff like that, it does help sell a movie because there's still stories and characters and something to say. The only
2: reason I saw it opening weekend was because I got to see it like in a theater on the Disney lot through work. They could have said, we're showing Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. (laughs) And I'd be like, yes, I'm coming because I wanted to go on the Disney lot. It's not open to the public. That's the only reason I wanted to go. And then I'm like, I have no expectations. They gave me some popcorn. I'm like, great, this will be fine. And it was so good. I had so much fun. My friend was laughing. I was laughing, like, wasn't expecting to laugh. I texted my brother. He watched it
1: immediately. Like,
2: it was a good time. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's a good family film. It's a good movie for all ages. Because even just like the little things, like the John Tootie, Fleischer's, looney tunes eras from the 50s to the 70s like everything is represented so like it's and it really touches a wide range of different people which which makes it truly a an all ages film Can don't, i don't
2: f- oh, oh i one thing i don't mean to sound like a boomer but there aren't a ton of movies where like genuinely everybody in the house is going to get something out of it like you've got the movies for kids like people who are into like animated movies would watch it or people who are into animation might like this animated program but like
1: (laughs) good save because i was about to be like animations for everyone
2: (laughs) no it is for everyone but people like some people just aren't into animation so they're not going to check it out no matter how good the content might be because it's just not their thing or they believe the like or they they think it's for kids kids. either way but like so like you will never at once catch me saying animation is for kids. I half the stuff I watch is animated. But like yeah, I don't there's so few that will like appeal to like the people who, like your mom hope who aren't maybe into animation and just want to watch the movie and they will still enjoy it.
1: Yeah. That that is actually a very the whole animation is for kids is a very North American mindset because it is not true in most of the rest of the world. It's not a genre. Yeah. Okay, can I
0: say I was very disappointed about There wasn't a lot of gadget because I loved Mm -hmm. gadget as a kid. Because she was the only girl on the show, so of course I was like, "She's my fave."
2: I was disturbed. (laughs) You know what? He is happy. They are happy, and you know what? Everybody (laughs) else in that (laughs) team was a mess. Okay,
0: okay. So in the movie, it's revealed that Gadget and Zipper the Fly got married and had like 16 kids.
1: And for them, God, they're big. Girl. no him get it he got all up on that much bigger mouse
2: she is happy he is watching the kids and she is thriving like
1: that's life good for them i'm sorry she wasn't
2: in the movie more though
0: but as a fan of the show he was like her pet maybe they're just into that
2: okay don't ruin my childhood (laughs) i'm not taking it away from you it's canon now they're married canon it's chippendale i'm sorry but (laughs) we're not here to kink shame anybody's kink listen gadget is happy zipper is happy it works for them he was playing her pet he wasn't actually her pet
1: right it was a part i don't every the few times i watched rescue rangers i thought they were all equals including (laughs) zippers i was like yeah sure i I have
2: no recollection of him being the pet i'm just taking candace's word on this
0: Maybe I'm remembering it wrong. It has been
2: a few years. I will admit as a kid, I paid the least attention to Zipper because he didn't talk. So. I thought
0: he was like a dog or something because they would like pet him. They'd be like, good job, Zipper. And like pat his
2: head. Okay, so that's just you making assumptions. He's a member of the team. You know what they say about assuming. He was a member of the team and now he's a member of Gadget's family. He's with a bunch husband. of mice
1: fly, mouse fly
2: hybrid children.
1: Then that's what happens when he got a chance to see her gadgets. God, <laughs> that's it's getting me. cut out, isn't it?
2: <laughs> no, it's not. Implications <laughs> of this movie. They have sixteen kids, so he did something. Zipper's right.
1: doing something right. That voice. Who was that? Was that Jordan Peele? I've got it open. Hang on. Dennis um, Haysbert. Yeah. yeah
0: he's yeah. all state guy
1: yeah anybody who talks to me in that voice yeah you know, I'm I'm 16 kids. Kids. just close my eyes it fixes the
0: problem king, Gale, king and michael key was a muppet like a muppet cheesemonger
1: oh you're right you're right oh, i love that character <laughs> just the whole like he's going off like the Swedish chef and like the voice drop of like are you caps? <laughs> that was my favorite <laughs> joke of the movie <laughs> yeah the Swedish chef is like one of my favorite muppets I want I Muppet. bark, bark, bark. Bark, yes. what did you guys think of the cop lady Ellie Al- Ellie yeah
2: played by Kiki Lane I, I thought the the double triple twist they were pulling with her worked because I thought I was so smart piecing it together and then I was wrong, so that might just be me. I might just be an idiot, but I thought I was. I'm clear. I'm clearly the person this was written for, because every time there was a twist, I was like, "Oh my god!" I no, no, I, coming.
1: I felt that way too. I fell for the double, triple twist, and I like how they doubled down on it. Just like it's the police chief, of course it is, because it's obvious. I'm a jerk, and so like not played only by J.K. The- Simmons. I, he's so Who, such a he great needs voice to be actor. in everything he's such a good voice actor man if you haven't he's so good in gravity falls too like he's just so good in everything he does but like they they set up the twist to make it extra like obvious so you want to think that it's something more but no it's just the most obvious thing and then they double down on just like yeah cliches we did it <laughs> and i back s- to like my favorite thing like they they take very common cliche writing tropes and use them for comedic effect, and like, and it's, it's really well done. Like, that's not a new trope, and they make it work because they turned it into a joke of like, yeah, I like money. I'm a jerk. Okay, can I just say
0: the part that made me laugh like the hardest and the most wasn't like a visual gag. It was when Ellie was talking about like they got a tip and they attacked like the Nickelodeon <laughs> Junior Suite, and like Paw Patrol attacked them. Like, my, mom. but hearing about this, I just
1: it, it, I the cruelestness <laughs> of like Sergeant's never gonna have kids, yet yeah, because they it was so well written. Whatever they show you is not gonna be anywhere near as
2: good as as what you're picturing.
0: Yeah, and Kiki Lay just close. like it's like doing it like so serious, like a drama. Like she was in If Beale Street Could Talk, like a very dramatic, excellent movie, and she's playing it just like if she was in that movie, like traumatized by like her mistake
2: and I just best I, kind of live action slash non-live action like be it Muppets, yeah. be it animation, that is the best kind of performance is when you're playing it dead straight. Yeah. And she doesn't like, not winking, job. nothing. You're just like, I am in a movie. And I'm taking it very seriously.
1: But but that's the comedy of it, too. It's this really just crazy outlandish. Like, the words coming out of her mouth are so outlandish. But because she's playing it so straight is why it's funny. Yes. It's the same
0: reason that the Muppets Christmas Carol works so well. Is because, why am I forgetting his name? Michael. Michael Klain plays it completely straight. Like, he would anywhere. And, yeah, she does a great job considering, like, she's not talking to anything for, like, most of the movie.
1: I mean to me that it goes back to the it really goes back to the strength of the world like they committed to this world from beginning to end this is the world it's this like a sock puppet walks on the screen a sock puppet is a police officer and it functions in this world and like the fact that they committed to it so hard is why it works and if you don't believe in your world that you're setting your story in, it will fall apart.
0: Yeah. So I want to kind of con- contrast this with Onward, which is a movie that Pixar released a few years ago. I think 2020. Yeah.
1: Yeah. During the- It was like the first pandemic Disney movie.
0: Yeah. So that whole premise is fantasy creatures have always existed. There's no humans, but they live in a world like parallel to ours and they just like decided not to use magic anymore but they have cars that nobody can fit in for some reason even though they're the ones who made the cars the the pixies use bicycles even though not bikes like motorcycles that are too big for them and also like how do they reach stuff that is taller than them because there's a bunch of stuff that is just it's not made for the people in the world it's made like humans live there like you know it's,
1: what I mean? It's the most boring fantasy world I've ever seen in a fantasy movie. Yeah, it's, it's not even so, a fantasy world. <laughs> yeah, it's I have a lot of issues with onward. Some of them are personal, but I don't like the handling of the fa- the stepfather. As someone with step-parents, I think he's woefully used horribly incorrectly. But yeah, like the world is so it doesn't make sense in the context of it. like the manticore, like she turns into a restaurant But the restaurant is her restaurant that she designed herself is almost too small for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just the world doesn't function for the movie and it takes away from it. And Chippendale,
0: the world has changed because this is the world that has tunes and muppets and puppets and sock puppets. Chip lives in a house that is his size. And Dale has a car that is too big for him. And Chip mentions that. He's like, yeah. they make cars for chipmunks, like our size. And he's like, that's fine. And it's just him being a kind of thing. So the world has adapted. Like Monter- Monty's apartment is mouse size.
2: It's a smaller version of the
1: apartment it's right in front of. Yeah. But it's for mice. But that's also one of the best gags is when Ellie just like shows up in the window, just like, hey. yeah, <laughs> And it's exactly. a gag. Like it's like yeah it's because and because then they use the world to show where the characters are at like the reason dale has this big outlandish car is because he has these big outlandish dreams that he's trying to live in and making them work but it's not functioning correctly because he's missing these pieces of himself that he cannot thrive fully because he has these broken relationships with chip Just as much as his car is broken, and he's trying to make it all work, like like the car is a symbol of Dale of who he is.
0: Yeah, and And it's just like onward the movie about it. Onward, the stepfather is in a police car that doesn't fit him, like he's he has to like
2: maneuver to get inside it. It just Mm. it makes zero sense
0: in that regards. But like, yeah, this is made for humor. It's made for them.
2: It makes me think of Zootopia because that one is another Mm. one where like the animals are all wildly different sizes but the areas where all of them congregate, there are accessibility concerns. Like there's drink stands that are up here for the giraffes and they're down here for the mice. And otherwise, like you just live with similarly sized animals and things are sized appropriately. So like yeah. that was a world where thought was put into functionality. Whereas like, I think Onward was just like, they control f all the humans and put fantasy creatures in there instead. yeah
1: i think they went for the definitely the novelty of just like oh these fantasy people are now in the real world like it they i think they went for the novelty of it but novelty doesn't carry a full story and it no, creates more problems than actually committing to the world I agree. what did you
0: think mm-hmm. uh, okay what did you think of making himself cgi
1: i thought it I thought was, was funny it because it is commentary like of animation and these recent trends like the whole joke about Baloo like having getting a live action reboot now he's back on top it is a commentary of animation and the direction we went into where we're taking all these like nostalgic properties that started in 2d and even then like chip's not full 2d he's cell shaded 3d model but he's drawn to look 2d to represent the past but it is very much talking about these trends of like when we get these reboots they're usually like cgi updates but they lose a bit of like what made them great which is like the messy lines of hand-drawn cell animation yeah it- there's a lot of heart that goes into hand-drawn cell 2D animation with, like, erase marks and stuff that sometimes make it into the final shows and stuff. There are scenes in Little Mermaid that are slightly out of focus because they didn't fully focus the camera when they were filming the plates. It's so, it, it's, I really liked that choice because it is it is a mark of, like, the more recent, like, 2010s of all the reboots that came out like, the 2000s and 2010s.
2: And I think it's a nice comment that anybody over the age of like 10 will understand because even if your first exposure to any of these stories was the 3D version, with everything being available on Disney Plus and like throughout the internet, like at some point you've gone back to look and you've found the 2D. You know that they changed it when they updated. So you might not get the depth of the commentary, but you do get what they're poking at. And you, as a ten-year-old, feel very smart for picking up on this.
1: Even something like the Uncanny Valley scene, like that was groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. That was groundbreaking. We wouldn't have this movie if not for as wonky and janky as it is now. Like I was recently watching a couple of clips from the first Toy Story movie, and man, does it that look rough. rough! Don't look at the humans. It Don't look at the humans. Rough. But it, they really programs that they use to make Toy Story are now things that we use in our. It's the same programming. And it really was state of the art and it was an important time. Like we can joke about it now. We can joke about how all the humans look like Andy in the background, but it really is important, like Mm -hmm. steps to get where we are now. And they really took the time to celebrate it in this movie.
0: And yeah, Toy Story was so smart about focusing on
2: inanimate objects. So we don't have that that in the Valley. Isn't that why it took so long for Pixar to do a human focused story? Because it didn't look right
0: yeah because they just don't want to be creepy yeah. um do you think they were making fun of themselves like disney in a way when they had like the et batman
2: crossover oh, like yeah. as their mcu kind of thing in in as gentle a way as one would make fun of themselves i don't think disney's ever going to be fully introspective and really look at it but they're like i think it's kind it was funny don't get me wrong i want to say yeah. that right from the
1: beginning but it was one of those like see guys we get it we're in on the joke that was one of the things that I was a, had heard about and I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this whole thing by saying it was from like a third person source or a second person source so like take it for a little bit of a grain of salt but this is one of those like big like YouTube channels that actually like usually do the research really well but still take it with a grain of salt. The way that they were able to get away with some of the stuff like Batman and Ugly Sonic is they changed the design just enough to where it would hit the realm of parody because they couldn't actually get the license for Batman. So all they had to do was get the general shape and the sort of voice and it sells and it reads as Batman. And same thing with Ugly Sonic. Like they apparently didn't get the rights to use Ugly Sonic from Sega because Sega is very protective. Like Sega's like Nintendo. They're very protective of their properties. So they changed the original Agusimic design, design just enough to be in the realms of parody.
0: Yeah. And it worked. We all knew who they were
1: portraying, who they were supposed to be. Yeah. But they're making fun of other people's properties, not their own.
0: I think they made fun of themselves in a little bit. Lumiere is out like really needing money at that convention. <laughs> and like <laughs> Flounders trying to like hawk dingle hoppers. Um, there was an in-credit scene with Darkwing Duck. Do you think we're gonna
1: get a Darkwing Duck movie? No, I think we'd get the TV show before only just because we know the TV show's in the works. Apparently, that's true. Uh, I, but that was actually to touch on the Ducktales reboot show. Like that was actually the reason why Chippendale Dale was used so little in the Ducktales reboot is because this movie was in the works and this had the bigger contract, so they actually weren't allowed to use fully use Chippendale Dale in the Ducktail show, the same way they were able to use Darkwing. But yeah, Chip and
0: Dale have, Chip and Dale, Gadget, Monty, and Zipper have, like, a little cameo in DuckTales. But they don't Arzu. even talk. Yeah, they don't even talk. They're just like, they're like, oh, look, we use this, like, super smart thing on mice, and look how, on chipmunks, and they're so smart now. Look.
1: But that was, this movie was the reason why the rescue rangers weren't sense. allowed to have a bigger role in the DuckTales show.
0: Makes sense. Anything else he- either of you would like to mention I have a question
2: for the two of you oh yeah are you a chip or a dale would you say I am a a chip
0: in my personality but I wish I was a dale
1: no I'm a dale I'm the wild dreamer who is broke ass trying to make things work but also cheerily optimistic to annoying degrees (laughs) I am absolutely a dale (laughs)
2: Arzu what are you I'm a chip for better or worse. Yeah. A chip genuinely needs to be a little more Dale, but... Yeah.
1: But, I would definitely say you're both chips.
2: Yeah. Thank you. I
1: wish but, I but, was a Dale. But I mean that, I'm like, in a very kind, like, pragmatic, hardworking way.
0: All right, if I'll take it.
2: That and, like, the beleaguered size of just... Oh, my
0: God. Like, also, that's me. How obsessed Chil- Chip was with his dog. I'm
1: like, I get you. I get you. So that the dog was, like... Giant. A giant and it was great and the whole the like and the whole like oh the chipmunks are rapping now i did yeah. like chip snoopy ear though i really liked that i <laughs> wish he kept the snoopy ear <laughs> i liked monty's oh, double ears just yeah.
2: you know vibing with them i'm like you know what monty good for you it looks good on you i feel like you can watch
0: this like five more times just to try to pick out all the easter eggs oh yeah, there's just I was- so much
1: I spent like a good like hour and a half just binging like easter egg videos on youtube for other people who already did all
0: yeah I can't believe how much I missed like the first time I watched it I think I got distracted by the dog a few times and I was like I don't remember this part (laughs) I don't remember this overall Chippendale fans all ages recommend watching it
1: yeah I I was not a Chippendale fan so I would just recommend watching it anyway it's a fascinating celebration of all decades of animation and it has plenty of story themes and characters that you don't have to know chip and to understand and like it
0: yeah i really appreciate the paul red um, yeah, <laughs> that was good
1: ant man was my no, that was a good one
0: he's just so earnest in everything he does like he can be on screen for like a minute and it's just like heart heart eyes all
2: around Okay, tell people where they can find you online. So online, you can find me easiest at our That's where you can find me linking to all my stuff at Collider, at the Geeky Waffle, hosting Space Waffles, all of that good stuff. It's either on my Twitter or on the Geeky Waffle Twitter, which Candace will tell you all about.
1: Hope? You can find me at Hope Mullinax on Twitter. That's the easiest way to see whenever I write for the waffles. I also want to give a fun shout out to one of our new shows, Bookmark and Busy. It's a great new fanfic podcast. I'm going to be in an upcoming episode. Ours is, was on the first episode. And it's just, Rin's just awesome. They are just such a great host. It's a fun show. I'm so glad we got it. So, like, I, I, honestly, I've, I'm a... I'm not speaking to like toot our own horns, but oh my God, like I'm just a general fan of the show. <laughs> like that I love part whenever part. it comes into my podcast, Cherry Every Friday.
0: Yeah. And honestly, this movie felt like some fanfic I read as like a preteen where you would put all the characters together and just like go crazy. And I oh, love it. yeah,
2: absolutely. This, yeah, this was fan what is fanfic. Fanfic if not a love letter to whatever you're, exactly whatever you're writing about how about hey you candace. Candace, where can they find you oh you yeah, can find me friend. on
0: twitter at candace is a geek that's the best way to find me be sure to follow our youtube we are popping on youtube youtube.com slash c slash the geeky waffle the geeky waffle everywhere but twitter because we're at geeky underscore waffle there yeah so we're, we're everywhere y'all we're getting around So yeah, we hope you have a happily ever after until you get rebooted into a CGI character.